So I wanted to record a piece this morning. about a theme that, that I first came to notice in my life in 2002, I think that was, where I had been diagnosed with cancer. And I'm leaving the physician's office. And <coughs> at least what I remember, what I believe I heard, he said, as I was leaving his office, this is going to kill you. What he didn't add was that in time, and we've got great you know, methods these days that can blah, 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 blah. So he didn't mitigate it with anything. He just said, this is going to kill you. So that's what I left his office with. And my thoughts ran wild. Actually, there was somewhat of a stunned silence at that time. I think that preempted any thought. <coughs> so I went home and I was terribly frightened and I think I eventually got to sleep, if that's what that was, at about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I woke up around 11 a.m. the following day now, something had been convinced that, in fact, I was dying. And just as a FYI, look, life is a life-threatening disease. We are all going to die. At least who we think we are is going to die. Who we are doesn't, but that's a topic for another day. So what I mean by that is that I had I. had completely surrendered to the moment in the uh, event of this news that I was going to die, the ego let go of its positions, position, its defensive positions, and it allowed me to come into my heart in a totally different way. And it was very clear from the beginning of that day, that the only thing that was important to me in that moment was to love and be loved, to be kind, to be gentle, to all the usual stuff that would cloud my mind on a daily basis. The worries of the day were irrelevant. I mean, I was going to die. So in the event of at least the way I saw it, if I'm going to die, then what's... I, I interject myself and say, look, <coughs> I mean, that's what I believe happens when we die or when we leave our body, that we fall in love. It's like falling in love we fall into what has always been our true nature and the only thing that has ever kept us separate is thought. An old teacher of mine once said, <laughs> stop thinking, Nigel, stop talking, and there is nothing that you will not come to know. So there I was, 
in this state of bliss being kind and loving and naturally flowing. And to cut a long story short, after all was said and done and blah, 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 um, it's a Saturday morning into the future and the surgeon calls me back and says, we don't, this was after an operation to take out a tumor. He said, we don't think this is going to come back. We don't think this is going to come back. Oh, what great news. And then in that moment, my then wife had been out shopping, had come and had forgotten to get my maple syrup, which was such a part of my cup of tea, particularly in the afternoon. And I went to get into a snit about that. Because suddenly, you see, I'm now going to live. <laughs> and the ego sort of slips right back into place, into its, into its form. I am going to live. So, let's get into... Let's get into it again. I didn't rise to the occasion. Um, and I will say that <clears throat> talking about rising to the occasion during the time that I thought I was going to die or that I was going through um, the healing of that cancer, I used to watch on a daily basis moment, I mean moment to moment, things try to rise up that thought that they were important to be part of my life over um, and they weren't. They couldn't get a claw in the rug. You know, it's like they thought they were important but in the totality of it all they weren't important at all. So, so I had my tea that day without maple syrup. It was okay. I don't know that I've ever been quite the same since. I don't know that um, there was a lot of illusion that um, dissolved in that experience. And to come forward now to a recent brush with end times. I mean, I don't know, brush with end times. I don't know really how to describe it, except I had sepsis pneumonia. And I'm on a hospital emergency room table. I'm going into tachycardia, which is what sepsis will do as it, as it breaks through and starts um, spilling the bacteria and, and attacking other uh, major organs it will go to the it, go, it was going to the heart so i was in tachycardia and but that i came whoosh, back out of that because i was already underway i had massive amounts of i think seven at one point um to the point where they actually had to use just above my hand into my wrist there for another iv of uh, the most amazing looking antibiotics and stuff 
and um, they had also uh, prepared for the eventuality of, of possible um, septic shock, which I was going into. And uh, it, the whole thing was able to be switched. I mean, turned, it was like U-turn. So um, my point in bringing this up in the previous story is that during that period of time, I lay there. And what are you going to do? Fight it all or surrender? I surrendered. And I surrendered to such a love. God, I, I want to call it bittersweet because it, it, the, the love can never hurt. But its affront to my ego at that moment was so profound that it was the egoic self that was, or that component that was in pain. That was in pain. And then there was the love, and it was so deep. It was so deep. So I'm laying on the emergency room table, falling in love. I mean, falling into my true nature in such a way that I've not done before. And it took everything before it. I mean, I've, often, I've thought of late recently that that's what a black hole in space does. But that's a whole new story for another day, but it sort of takes, takes out, it's like a filtering mechanism for the cosmos. Um, but then I'm not Stephen Hawking, so but that's just the way it seems to me. So there we are. I mean, I came out of the sepsis. And just like back when I had cancer, but in a much, much deeper way. Much deeper. Again, I can't think of anything better to do than serve people. Love people. Love. Love people. In all the ways that I can show that, offer that. Hopefully you might feel some warm fuzzies in listening to this. I don't know. So the question on the table is, or a statement, what is the most important thing in your life in any given moment? Well, love. I mean, can it be anything else, really? Can it be anything else other than love? No. So, I hope that you might find this little chat useful. It's certainly been useful for me. I appreciate it, and I'm aware that I'm processing my experience with this. Then I will continue 
um, and hopefully share some other bits and pieces with you and I yeah I love you I mean I don't you know I don't know I don't need to know people in order to love them today it's not that I seek or wish to be around hurtful unkind behavior I don't I won't But I understand a lot about the being behind that kind of behavior that's in reality. So I don't need to know you to love you, to be in that place with you, that place of oneness. And I hope that we can all meet there. Meet there in that one love.